Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of Shooting Straight with John Schartzer, where I'll be taking you behind the scenes with some of the biggest superstars and up-and-comers in the wrestling industry. My first interview today is with independent superstar Mike Perro. Now, this interview is never supposed to make it into a podcast. It's supposed to be a written interview, but Mike gave me some amazing answers. We covered a wide variety of topics from being an openly gay superstar to what is right and wrong with the wrestling industry right now. I think you guys will really enjoy this, so please give it a listen. And make sure you check back for more. Without any further ado, here we go. Hey, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. To be honest, I'm a little bit anxious. Kind of new to this whole uh, journalism thing still, but I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, no problem. So first off, thank you for doing this with me. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Now, I saw you post on Twitter as your first Thanksgiving with your husband after being together for seven years. How special is that for you to be able to spend that holiday together? Well, we have a lot of food. <laughs> uh, it, it was just me and him, and I. Uh, so, for the past seven years, we never had the opportunity to have Thanksgiving. And actually, growing up, I never really. I always played sports, so Thanksgiving was, you know, not one of those huge holidays in my family because uh, everybody had sports and we were doing things and in college and all, all that. So, in the past seven years, I either had to work or I was wrestling. The, the past couple years in Japan. Uh, for the tournament. So we never had Thanksgiving together. So I wanted to actually cook a turkey this year and uh, it came out really good. I'm, uh, I was pretty impressed with myself. Uh, and it was it was special because it was our uh, first time as a married couple having Thanksgiving. So kind of starting our own little traditions. We'll learn a little uh, that we we overcook for just both of us. So we have a lot of leftovers. I find that hard to believe that, that you didn't eat it all. You're, you're a large man. <laughs> yeah, well, we tried. We tried to get through it, and uh, uh, we're, we're still we're still uh, we still have a lot of turkey. We uh, we had a 20 pound turkey, so oh good <laughs> lord. Yeah, so we we'll have leftovers for the upcoming week. So you got married right as the COVID 19 pandemic was starting to shut everything down. If at all, has the pandemic affected your first year as a married couple? Well, so. Uh, since the day I, I met Morgan, I never want him to leave. Like he had an apartment and, and he ended up staying with me for the time. So, you know, the only time that we actually had been separated during these past seven years is anytime I like go on the road for wrestling or, you know, those long periods in Japan. So it didn't affect us as it would like people that aren't used to being together. I, I he's my best friend. So anytime that I'm not wrestling, I'm with him. You know, we work out together, you know, so it, it wasn't as hard as it was for other people. Um, but we actually try to make the best out of the situation, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, we played a lot of video games together. Uh, he he uh, kicked my ass. Um, I'm just going to say he cheated because he's a cheater. Uh, <laughs> I won all those games. And, but, you know, so. It, it, it was it was wild, you know. Like we were the last wedding in Orlando. Um, <laughs> gay marriage did end the world. <laughs> Three days later, Orlando shut down completely. Um, so everybody that had come to town to go to Disney and all that, Disney closed that week. Uh, the day of my wedding was the last day Disney was uh, any sort of open, and then they closed. So it was uh, it was a wild experience. <laughs> Like a lot of people calling me on my wedding day saying, Hey, we can't fly in because they're telling us we can't get back. And so that was, 
that was pretty wild to have on your wedding is like uh, your friends and family being like feeling so bad that they can't come, but it, it ended up being an awesome wedding. It was a cool experience. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, our, our relationship started out crazy. Why not get married while it's crazy, you know? <laughs> you know, like, when I first met Morgan, I told him I was never coming out. He would never meet my family or my friends, and he only could come over at nighttime. So, <laughs> you know, from making it from that point to, you know, saying the I do's, I think he was, <laughs> I think he was just like, hey, we made a lot of progress. <laughs> So what games did he kick your ass in that he cheated in? We played a lot of Mario Kart, a lot of Mario Party, a lot of Mario. Um, and after after that, he doesn't like to play, like, sports games. So or, or uh, so we didn't play any of those. So it was a lot of Mario Kart. <laughs> and, uh, I won't play Super Smash Brothers because it's cheap. <laughs> so moving on to wrestling. When did you first get the urge to become a pro wrestler, and was that something you always had an interest in, or did you did it come as a surprise even to you? Well, it was funny because I wasn't the first one in my family into wrestling. It was my sister, and then she she liked Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and all that, and I I really I really wasn't into it at that period of time, you know. But I'd watch it every Sunday at my grandparents' house. That uh, well, every weekend when my so. My grandparents lived next door to us. They weren't my biological grandparents, but they were raised as they were our grandparents. Mm-hmm. Her mother came from Ukraine. So the two things in the, like, to be, like, super American was she loved pro wrestling and the Dallas Cowboys. So that's why I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and my whole family's giant. Uh-huh. And I'm from New York. <laughs> so, but I would watch, every Sunday I'd watch a cowboy game over at her house where you watch wrestling. And then... In high school, that was the Attitude Era. That's when wrestling uh, got really, like, very popular. And that that drew me in. That 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 was the era that, like, caught me, you know, right, going into, like, seventh and eighth grade. And just uh, I, my best friend, we're still really good friends, uh, she, she was a huge wrestling fan, too. So we would go to all the events, every one of them. We would wait outside uh, – Fye, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. You know the record store. You could oh, yeah. buy. So they had like a Ticketmaster, and you could wait out front. So we would get there at like like three in the morning and just sit at the door to be the first ones to to go to try to get uh, front row seats anytime they came. And we'd go to every event, you know. And I got to see some really cool stuff, you know. When D, the the new DX formed, like the one that everybody like, not the first DX, the second DX, where you know has Billy and mm-hmm. all them, and uh, the Rock giving the eyebrow for the first time, you know, Mick Foley getting thrown into the buried alive, buried alive match, thrown off the stage for the first SmackDown ever, you know. So it was like it. it I got to see really cool events in my hometown, you know, the beer truck for stone cold. I'm in the front row. Um, so that's what really hooked me. And then when I went to college, I used to make them, uh, make my teammates, you know, we'd have video games going, uh, Monday night football, and we had to have uh Monday night raw all every, every week we had to play Monday night raw. And that was for me. So I'd get them hooked, <laughs> you know? And so all through college, I'd watch it. And then when I graduated, you know, I was like really doing nothing with my degree. And my, one of my good friends, Tyler Thigpen, 
he was an NFL quarterback at the time playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he had told me uh, when he was back visiting, he's like, yeah, why don't you try wrestling? I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get my degree like to do that. He's like, well, I didn't get my degree in quarterbacking, and I'm a quarterback. It, you know, so he's like, go try it. The worst that's going to happen is, you, you know, you don't like it. So I researched every wrestling school there was to know, and uh, I picked 3D Academy here in Orlando, um, which was uh, which is the Dudley Boys, uh, Bubba and Devon, and oh, yeah. I I chose because I felt like I've always been with, with sports is I feel like the best teachers are people that had to struggle to, to get there, the the guys that weren't given everything. And they literally started from nothing and got to the peak of this business. So I wanted to figure out how they did that. To me, they would have endless knowledge, you know, because they weren't your prototypical guys that were supposed to make it. So I, me being the way I look, I'm like, well, I definitely don't look like The Rock, you know. So, (laughs) like, uh, yeah, I played football. I played D1 football and stuff, but that's not going to, you know, I was an offensive lineman, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't a linebacker. So I'm a big dude. So, and they were big guys. So I wanted to figure out how they made it through the business and if they could give me some information of how to get there, you know? And the, and the one thing I liked was after calling around to wrestling schools, a lot of wrestling schools uh, sell you, sell you the line that, you know, they'll get you in WWE a lot do. You know, I understand it's a money-making business, and you want students through the door. Absolutely. Uh, Bubba and Yvonne do not tell you that. All they tell you is you're probably not going to make it in this business, but we're going to give you the tools you need to succeed. It's up to you to get there. We're not going to get you there. We're, you're going to have to get you there yourself, which I, I, I like the honesty. You know, I'm one of those people that uh, I, I do better with uh, – I'm not a positive reinforcement kind of guy. You know, like, I already know what I did good. I've always been that way. Like, you, you, like I don't need you cheering me on and say, come on, man, you can do it. I need to be like, yo, this is what you did wrong. This is how you fix it. So, and Bubba's, Bubba and Devon are those kind of teachers. You know, they, they, they're hard, they're difficult, and, but I will, I will give them for the success I had, and they helped me get where I am right now. You know, they gave me the tools to get there and told me the reality of wrestling and how hard it really is. And, you know, the knowledge they gave me was invaluable. So, you know, that with this weird passion I have for wrestling now, like becoming from the stage of being a fan to I am now, it it just, it's one of those things that, you know, helped me in the business. I don't understand people getting into the wrestling business and not being fans of it at, at first. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's always struck me as weird also, like how you could not have that same passion and jump into a business that you haven't loved, you know, forever. It, 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 I, I, I don't understand that, that that concept when guys are like, well, I, I, you know, I never watch wrestling or I don't like wrestling. And I'm like, well, then why are you doing this? Like, this is a really hard business to start with. And, like, to not have the passion or want to be the best in anything you do, then why are you here? Like, but, right. you know, I, I've had guys tell, like, and I, and I think a lot of the times with uh, the performance center, 
is they hire a lot of athletes that, you know, maybe have watched wrestling or know, and, and the first concept in their head is what everybody's concept. They're going to be the rock, you know, they're going to be a star right overnight. That's one in a million, you know, <laughs> everything right. has to, all the stars have to align. You have to get the right, the, the, the right story, the right, everything, you know, that's really hard to do. How are you going to survive if you don't love wrestling? You know, and, and I think I think that's a lot a lot of the issues with wrestling today. There's a lot of guys uh, guys in this business that come from an athletic background, and it's basically they don't want to go back to being normal. Mm-hmm. And so this is their outlet of not wanting to be normal anymore. But this is why they struggle, and it's why it's so hard because they don't understand. They they never watched wrestling. Or the wrestling they did watch, they did they didn't understand the magic behind it. You know, it, 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 they didn't want to learn the magic trick. You know, they just wanted to go out there and, and get the footnotes. Wrestling is difficult. So back to what I said, why I chose the wrestling school I did is, you know, the information it, 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 you learn every day, just like any other sport. I, I learned something new every day about wrestling. I, I'm constantly watching it. And it's because you always want to get better, you know, a lot of, and if you don't love this, you're not, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really difficult. Right. And so obviously, you know, Bubba, his whole thing is, is about the storytelling, you know, and, and the passion of it all and not just going out there and doing your, your high spots and stuff. Um, what kind of stuff did they, did they teach you about, you know, telling a story during a wrestling match oh. versus going out and kicking ass? So well, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba doesn't. Bubba does a lot of things. So Bubba teaches psychology uh, right. of, of a wrestling. Bubba doesn't teach moves. Uh, Devon teaches moves. Uh, Bubba could care less about moves. It, it, he he could care less because wrestling is a fight. So it's punches and kicks. You know, everything else is just icing on a cake. But if you can't get the basics of the punching and the kicking and making it a fight, you can't tell the story so Bubba would do a lot of things is like he, he he would do a lot of things to mess with you like to get your mind in a different place because like certain days he'd be like you can't use the ropes no ropes the ropes don't exist can't mm. touch them well if you're a high flyer <laughs> you know what I mean it's so- right, that's your game so he would do that he'd be like he'd take two high flyers and he'd be like okay so this is the match you're 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 a heel. You're a baby face. Oh, and you can't use the ropes. You should see people's faces. They're like, well, that's my whole move set. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Or he would he would he would uh, he would tell tell me certain things I can't do um, in a match. Or he would put different people and together to see purposely knowing that you're not going to work well together. Mm-hmm. Because he wants you to learn to be able to work with everyone, not just the people that make you look good or the, the people that just do your moveset. Because that's another problem I see in wrestling today. There's not a lot of, there's no conflict. There's no real bad guy. Everybody wants to be a cool bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I hate that. You know, Bubba's like one of his major things. They teach you one of the, the major things they teach you is the moment you walk through the curtain, 
Every, don't make people guess. Always believe they do not know who you are. Never let, make them guess. It's one of the things that stick with me is I always approach any wrestling match that none of those, none of those fans know who I am. Not, nobody in that building knows who I am. Because if you approach it that way, then, then, it, then you're telling your story. It's like, if, if you, you know, it's about getting over and, you know, don't rely on thinking that people know you or, you know, there, there's been plenty of situations where I've walked into locker rooms and the guy starts calling it and he has a name for his finisher. Well, I don't know what his finisher is. I've never met this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, they know my finisher. And I was like, okay, well, let's pretend they don't know your finisher and let's, let's tell them what it is. There's always a way to tell the crowd what you're going to do and dictate the story to them rather than the fan dictate the story to you. Does that make sense? Absolutely does, yeah. Uh, and that's what Bubba and Devon teach you is how to tell the story rather than the fans tell you the story. And, and it's, a very, it's a very difficult thing to do and to learn. Can you can, can you control a crowd's emotions? Because that's what wrestling is, emotions. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to do that? Doing the, the coolest flip in the world, you're, 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 that's just a move. How are you going to get them to believe you? That is the trick. Right. And, and that's what Bubba teaches is that's great. I believe, that's why he'll say no ropes in this match. Or uh, he banned the low blows for like a year. You couldn't, you couldn't cheat by a low blow or anything. He wanted you to think outside the box. That was always Bubba and Devon's thing. Think mm-hmm. differently. And they always challenged you to think differently. And they were hard. They were very hard. They would, they would get very angry, and they would, they, they would tell you, no, that's wrong. This is why it's wrong. And, but – that's how you learn. And that's, I, I, like, I, I know a lot of people don't, like, it's Bubba. Bubba's a very big, over-the-top personality. But I will say this. His mind for what he knows is amazing. Him and Devon's mind, it, it, it's, it's weird because they already see that. They teach you how to see the story before the story's happening. And that's wrestling. And if you can see that in your head, you don't need any moves at all. A wrestling mm-hmm. match doesn't need moves. A wrestling match needs a story. Example, why is Roman Reigns, why is that the most interesting story right now? It's simple. You understand it. You right. get what he's doing. He's doing anything, you know, but you're really into the story because you're like, okay, I get this. This is a family thing. This, this, this is the this is he's the top guy in the family. Like you get it's the really exactly. You know he's a bad guy. Does he? He does. He doesn't raise his voice. He purposely talks softly. Everything. Everything in wrestling is purposely done, but you have to think about it, and you need to know like why people do it, and and that to me is the art that I love. That 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 this this is why I love wrestling. Good stories like that, or good heels. Uh, I love what MJF does. 
I, I, I watched Max grow from day one. And the one thing I, I, I like about him is his commitment to being MJF. Mm-hmm. He doesn't falter from dictating on like, oh, you should be nicer. You should be this. Well, it's a character. The character is a TV character. The moment you start wanting to be the cool heel, where does that where does that leave you? Why are, why are fans going to boo the other person? Why you how are you how are you going to wrestle another person that's supposed to be the good guy? When the fans have to be like, well, I kind of like him because he's like fun too, right? You know. So now you have a match of two dudes, and now now you have to do like seven hundred like falsies because technically you're both good guys, right? Where you just want to see MJF get his ass beat, <laughs> like that's right. the difference. It's, 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 you know that old adage in all of sports: work smarter, not harder. Right. Do you think it's a byproduct of Vince McMahon's whole, uh, like Bubba always says, you know, people he wants to create superstars, not heels or baby faces. Uh, is it just a is it a money thing? Is it just the is there too much walking that line instead of just definitive? Like you said, I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. It, it really blurs things, and it kills the story most of the time. Well, I, I, listen, first and foremost, Vince McMahon is a genius, hands down. No matter if you want to hate him, love him, or anything, he created what a wrestling is today. There would be no – I would have no job if it wasn't for him. Agreed. You know, so, uh, you know, we, we could sit here and debate whether he ruined he, – he didn't ruin anything. He created it. You know, it's his. He created it. Everybody right. else is right now trying to catch up to him. They could say they're just like them, but they're not. They're trying to catch up. They're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he of all people, it's not creating superstars. He, he, he's created villains. He's the only one that has villains. You know, like AEW has no villains. There is no bad guy in AEW. Uh, every one of those dudes are the most talented dudes out there. Athletically, they're untouchable. Most of them, the, right. the, the, and, and worked with all of them. They're, they're they're gifted. But who's the real bad guy? Who do you That's hate? True. I'm not sure. Like, who's the bad guy? Why do you who like like give me a reason to hate you? Give me a reason to love you. You know, and and it's not just them. It, you know, it's it's like. It's a byproduct of social media. You have to remember, we're now in an age where it's hard to control what's out there because everybody has a cell phone. They can videotape anything. This isn't the era of Hulk Hogan. Remember, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair could go home and mm-hmm. be themselves. We can't go home. You know my life. It, I, I, it's out on social media. So now you have – we. There's this is the new real stage of wrestling, whereas in the 80s they could go home and be a character, and then they could take that character off, put it in the closet, and go home and be somebody else. Well, we're we're a 24/7 business. It's a constant hustle because we need to make a brand for ourselves because that's the only way of independent wrestlers going to get a job if we have the following and create a brand no more like we like you can't just walk into the performance center anymore you know they ha- they're looking for specific things you know the better your brand is the more they're going to hire you 
and 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 that's everywhere and that that's when you say why you don't like wrestling anymore and that you also have to remember you have more information on guys than ever before literally you know about daniel bryan's life literally you you know that he had a kid he got married to bella it's on a tv like you know the miz you know his whole backstory like there's so much other information now than there was before before you just li- literally like listened to the story that was portrayed every Wednesday, Monday, or whatever day it was on. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Now, now not only are you you look at the story, so now you have the character, and now you have to now there's all these social media, there's Instagram, there's television. So now in your head, you're you're, you're trying to figure out why am I going to hate this dude or why am I going to hate this guy social media makes it hard because now you have a a different perspective. We're now more athletes than we were ever before. If that makes sense. It's like, you now know, like when they yell at LeBron James, keep his political opinions to himself. Well, no, he's, he has a duty as an athlete and his platform to help social change. You know, before we never had that, that opportunity. And now we do. But doing so also changes the story on television, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. So, so yeah, I get where you're saying, but at the same time, is every every sport evolves, every sport advances. You know, so it's really hard, especially when you're, like, going back to AEW. I get what they're doing, but it's also very hard. It's like, as, as a fan of wrestling i want to see a bad guy i want to see somebody get their ass kicked because i just don't like them somebody that gives me chills when he does something bad right now they don't have that will they have that of course they will you know they're a growing company with amazing athletes will wwe always there's like they know what they're doing over there it's not that they don't impact you know every wrestling organization gets on the right path it's just we have to navigate now through the social media era of pro wrestling. And we also have to navigate through the cancel culture. You know, like you have to be careful what you say online, you know, especially being a bad guy, because then Mm -hmm. people might not mistake it as being a character and just want to write you off because everybody, the one thing about pro wrestling, it's emotion. So every, everybody's always emotionally invested in the pro wrestler. So, you know, you, you, we have we have this whole thing where you know if a if a guy is being a, a heel online, and then all of a sudden people don't know that it's part of the character, they get very upset, and then they're all like, "This terrible, he's terrible, blah blah blah." Write him off, fire this man, you know. But then at the same time, we'll say, "I want a real bad guy on television." Well, he was trying to do that, and then he told him no. So it's like. We're also in the, with the the power social media gives to the fan is is what changed pro wrestling. It wasn't pro wrestling changing itself. It was the power that social media was giving fans. Fans dictate shows now more than ever before. And who you see. Prior to that, the fans didn't get the opportunity to do that. With the invention of social media, fans now dictate. What they what is put on television and what is going to be watched. 
it's it's a barometer, if that makes sense. Every company has a social media team, so it's like you know, look at look at the whole thing right now with WWE and all their social media. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out how to control it. You know, it, it, it's it's it, it that that's that's what's the future of wrestling is the so what where social media is going to take pro wrestling. We're already on the streaming services. Do you know what I mean? You can get wrestling anywhere, anytime, on your phone. Right. Five five years ago, you that would have never that that wasn't a thing. Uh, when I started eleven years ago, I, you know, I mean, I, we're we still had a VCR in the in our uh, in Team Three D Academy to watch tape. <laughs> you know, right. Like, if you if you mentioned VCR to a kid training today, he's like, "What's a VCR?" Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, they used to t- trade tapes. What, what is a tape trade? <laughs> you know? It used to be you had to wait, you know, Monday, Thursday, whatever, or you had to go to Blockbuster and rent the VHS tape. You know, and now, like I said, you can just pick it up whenever you want and see whoever, whenever, all the time. Well, that's how ECW got popular through uh, – taping the shows and trading the tapes. You know, like that, that, that's, that's how they got so underground popular, you know? Right. And, you know, today it's like how great independents are doing it are, are through these streaming services, you know, IWTV, like, you know, where fans can get all their wrestling at, 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 at anywhere around the world just by clicking a page. You know, like, and it's like, like I remember five years ago, everybody losing their mind over gifts or mm. gifs. I'm sorry, my my husband will kill me for not saying the right word. Uh, <laughs> he's a computer guy, and uh, I remember everybody. That's gonna ruin wrestling. Nobody's gonna buy the match. They're only seeing the cool parts. And I was like, or I, I said, you can look at it this way: movies have previews, do they not? That's true. So. A, a GIF is a preview of a movie. You're get like, you know, like, listen, the people that aren't, the, the people that are looking at GIFs and don't buy the show, we're never going to buy the show anyway. The idea is to get them to look at that, see see a couple cool ones and be like, you know what, maybe I'll check it out. That's the idea behind a GIF. That's why I support them. You know, I, I, I remember five years ago, every company trying to like, you can't do that. Take it down. That's my intellectual property. And I always laugh. I was like, well, that's my match. <laughs> it's not right. your intellectual You didn't come up with it. I came up with my match. You just put us in a ring together. <laughs> like, you right. didn't even come up with the match. Like, you didn't come up with the story. Like, so a lot of people, that's, I laugh about it. I was like, because, it's always like who who who's who's benefiting because wrestlers don't make extra money after after we wrestle at a show, mm-hmm. but the promoter does through those streaming services, right? You know, so like you have to remember is like those gifs help us out to get other bookings. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and so that that's why I was like a big proponent on them. I'm like, that helps spread your brand. I'm like, 
and it helps every company. But, you know, everybody tries to try to control the next dollar in everything. Right. Like, so it's, it's not just pro wrestling. It's all sports. They, they're always trying to connect, see the next dollar ahead of everybody else. Definitely. So you travel the world uh, during your wrestling career. Where's your favorite place that you've been able to go uh, thanks to pro wrestling? And where have you not been that you would like to visit someday? Uh, I want to go to Mexico. So my thing with wrestling is I like to wrestle for historic areas, like historic companies. Like I purposely wanted to work for All Japan. I work mm-hmm. for NWA. Uh, you know, I, I want to work. Uh, the reason I do that is like when I came out, uh, I wanted to, I, I say this, is I'm trying to be the athlete I needed to see when I was young because that would have changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LGBT community is so much more than a stereotype. And especially in pro wrestling, it's very, it, it was before, it's changing drastically over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, with Effie, Sonny, me, Jamie, Anthony, Jake, uh, the list goes on now, you know, uh, right. still live, you know, like, but we're showing that we're so much more than just that stereotype that you told the feminine gay guy. Yes. Is there feminine gay guys? Of course there is. But there's also masculine. There's also, why can't we have an ass kicker? And that's what I want. That's what I portray. Gay is also strong. Gay is not weak. Gay is, gay is not weak at all. In fact, we go through more than anybody else, you know, and I've been blessed to travel the world and be the past couple of years and be an open athlete. And that, that's, my proudest moment is I'm able to be me for the first time in my life. And I'm such a better wrestler for being out. There's no more. I'm not afraid that I'm not, I'm not going to be hired because I'm gay. Does that happen? Yes, it does. Is it going to change? Of course it is, Mm -hmm. but it only changes when more people come out because visibility matters. And tra- like you just said, the opportunity to travel the world, I'm in more places so more people see me, which will hopefully open the doors for more LGBTQ wrestlers to feel comfortable being who they are and being able to travel those same spots. And the more we do, we, we make it okay so we don't have to go through this anymore. Um, like I, I had said on a past interview when we just we did uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I took away from that was when I walked into the locker room and seeing all the queer talent and all, just be happy and not having to hide who they were or not feeling weird in the locker room because they're the only gay person in the locker room was awesome was awesome i can't even imagine how cool that was our straight counterparts don't know what it's like because they don't know the feeling right what it's like to walk a locker room and be the only gay person in that locker room and and know and know that's what they know right you know and it's 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 a crazy feeling It, it, it it is it's like a lot of times you don't think about it, but 
others have walked into locker rooms and, you know, seeing younger LGBTQ talent be, be nervous about going in or getting in their gear uh, or, or, or so, is somebody going to say something? Are they going to make a, a, an off, off color joke? You right. know, like, and how are you going to deal with that? These are things that we have to go through in a locker room daily. And going around the world and being in different locker rooms, there's a lot of experiences. You know, I'm lucky because I'm in a tag team. And mm-hmm. uh, my, my, my tag partner is straight. But it's kind of cool because now I have somebody that can back me up when I say certain things and he's like, no, that really happened. There is a lot of homopho- quiet homophobia in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because he has to deal with it too. It's a byproduct of being a tag partner with me. Is like you, you. He now sees it firsthand. Where before he never saw it. Because I remember him saying, "He's like, I don't think so, man. I'm cool with it." Because that's always the thing. It's like, well, I'm cool with it. Just because you're cool with it doesn't mean your friend next to you is. Absolutely. And you know, you're responsible for him as much as I'm responsible. You know. You can't change the culture without talking about these things and talking about the issues. Because so long in wrestling, we kept things quiet. You're supposed to keep your mouth shut, do what you're told, and you'll get it. You're you're told you're going to get an opportunity, which is not true, but it's a way of controlling the narrative. Mm -hmm. And you know, wrestling doesn't like to go outside its own box. Does that make sense? Yes, wrestling does. doesn't, you know, for so long, wrestling had no change, like none. Like, it was white jacked up guy. <laughs> like, right. that was, that, that's literally all you had, and one black dude. Yeah, look at the 80s, like, 98% of that roster was white. Right. Every, like, every woman had a, had a, it was subservient to a guy, and she has to be sexy. It has to be sexy. Like, so, and I, I get that. But wrestling sometimes forgets to change with its own fan base. Wrestling fans are younger, more diverse, and extremely, it's not the country redneck that gets the stereotype. Wrestling fans are actually, a lot of them are very educated, very liberal-minded, you know, very, there's a lot of gay wrestling fans, and there was nobody for them. Nobody. Right. Imagine watching wrestling, and the first gay people you see is Chuck and Billy, and then you find out they made it a joke. Imagine being a kid and watching that. What am I thinking? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Because it was the first time I saw two masculine dudes. Like, I'm like, okay. And I was like, really into it, and then the storyline was, no, no, we're not gay. And it told me that them reacting like that, that, that gay was an embarrassment. That's how I took it. Now, now I, I do know that a lot of people did like that storyline, and it did help a lot of people. But for me, I took it a different way. Now, do I hate them for doing it? No, I thought the storyline needed to be done. Mm-hmm. But they never did it again. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Okay, so you do the LGBT storyline, and then the one gay guy who also wasn't gay 
<laughs> Rico is like a hairdresser. And I'm like, right. why does why does he have to be a hairdresser wedding planner? Like, why are you giving the stereotypical things? And it just it just to me I was just like being young, I was just like, Wow, this is what people really think of gay people on television. That they would rather do a whole segment and be like, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, I'm not gay. And be like, oh, okay. And then get killed by three-minute warning. You know? <laughs> right. Oh, I, I remember the whole segment. Like, and I only watched it once. And and it, it, to me, it, you know, wrestling was that way for so long. But now, like, with Effie's big gay brunch, the one thing that he said before we went out there and – it was actually a, a, a cool thing to say was, we're no longer the sideshow, we are the show. Go out yeah. there and kill it. And that that that's true. You know, and, and we had fun, and we went out there, and it was it was a show of everybody. There was allies on the show. Everybody, it, it was a good show. Were the wrestling matches, like, five-star matches? No, but Think about this. The most memorable matches you ever watch aren't five-star matches. You can't tell me, like, like example, like, uh, Macho Man versus Steamboat was a five-star match. Nobody talks about that one at WrestleMania. Unless you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> you talk about Hogan. And that, that wasn't a five-star match. Right. <laughs> but that's the match that people talk about. You know, because I hate the star rating system. Because, you know, it, in sports, Nobody remembers the the perfect thing. They remember everything that's not perfect. If you do something so perfect, there, there's no memory. Like you, you're just like, wow, that was really good. But you remember the like you remember Super Bowls for Super Bowls that are imperfections. You don't remember Super Bowls that were just like like perfectly done. You know what I mean? Like right. a six six tie. Like you don't remember that one. You remember crazy stuff that happened. Like, so it, it, wrestling is the same way, and that's why I hate when people try to go out there and they're like, have a five-star match. No, go out there and kill it. There's a difference. Go out mm-hmm. there, tell a story, and make people remember you. A five-star match is not going to make people remember you. I've watched tons of five-star matches. I can't tell you, I can't tell you anything about that match. But I, I could tell you everything about Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Retirement match. I'm sorry, I love you. Right. Uh, right? Story. Was that a five-star match? No, but you were bawling your eyes out. <laughs> yep. You know, like, I go, that's wrestling. You know, uh, Mick Foley versus Undertaker, Hell in the Cell. There was right. really no wrestling that match, but you remember every minute of that match, and it's one of the most talked about wrestling matches of all time. Mm-hmm. How many wrestling moves were actually done in that match? Four. 85% of it being if Mick was alive. Like, so it's like wrestling, so like, that, that's why I love wrestling, and that's why I, I just don't understand sometimes why people put so much behind the five-star match and not the, the ability to to, to tell a story. So, you know, and, you know, 
that's what I try to do anywhere I go around the world. And I, I try to tell a story and make you remember me rather than give you, uh, go out there and be like, move after move, like this beautiful ballet. I'm going to punch and kick you. I'm violent. That's what I do. I'm going to hurt you. That's, that's, that's me. So, you know, but Mexico is the, the, the next place that I want to go that I haven't wrestled yet. Right. So do you have somebody that you face as your favorite person to lock up with or a favorite match of yours um, that sticks out to you? Uh, in all Japan, our former world champion. I just, for me and him, have natural chemistry. There's a couple people, but I would say I love Tajiri. I love working with Tajiri. uh, Note to self, don't take that buzzsaw kick to the head. He still could throw that. Uh, Those are two of my favorite uh, 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 people to work in Japan. Um, Here, me and Odinson love working the ugly ducklings. Uh, okay. We're actually working the death match this this Saturday, uh, but for some reason we have natural chemistry with those guys, and they get what we are, we get what they are, and we, and we don't have to like talk about stuff. It just right. kind of naturally because they know what we we do, they know we know what they do, and it's just that natural connection, you know. Uh, I've only wrestled Effie once, but we work really well together. I think I think it's because we 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 we, we get each other, like and we or like we'll argue about everything. So I think that's why it works. Um, we're both very strong, opinionated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I I would say i love everybody i get in the ring with it, like i love like i love the opportunity to work new people i especially like working younger people like i especially like working newer guys that are just breaking into the business right because i get the opportunity to really see where i'm at you know because the guys coming up now are so athletic and so talented it gives me the opportunity to get outside my comfort zone. I like pushing myself outside my comfort zone. I don't, I don't like doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know, like I don't, it, uh, a lot of wrestlers work their style and only their style. And I, 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 I like being able to mesh my style with everybody else's where it's still uniquely mine, but it's giving you that, that matchup in sports that are different. You know, like, I I always relate everything to sports. Um, And it's like a football game. Not every team is exactly the same. So you need to, while the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be throwing that football all around, you need to figure out a way to make your style stop the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's the way I look at it. How am I going to stop this high flyer and make my my moves matter? Those are the opponents I kind of like. Anybody that can push me to a new uh, a new a new a new a new place in my wrestling career it's somebody that's going to challenge me I don't I don't like mailing things in uh, I, I think I, I, I understand sometimes why people kind of like get into the mail in zone but right now we're in COVID you can't you shouldn't be mailing anything in <laughs> like, right. nothing should be linked. I'm like you had eight months off so 
<laughs> like, like why I chose to go back to MLW. You know, so much young talent there. Right. And everybody there believes they can be world champion. And to me, that's that's a motivating factor any any sort of way. Everybody there is competitive. Nobody is there just collecting a check. Right. So you that know? forces you to pick your game up. Yeah. Like, you can't go out there and shit the bed. Like, you don't have those opportunities, especially since, they're, the, the, you know, we have limited time to be filming, you know, due to COVID and our restrictions and how long we could be around each other. You know what I mean? So you have to be on your A game all the time. And everybody in that locker room is extremely driven, talented. And a lot of the guys have already been, like, with ACH and Leo and, like, uh, Lawler. They've already been pinnacles of different things. So now, now you're there pushing yourself. And, you know, the one thing I like about MLW is, Wrestling has what they're called agents. Right. I don't call our agents agents. They're more like coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they come to you and they're like, okay. So, and and they, they coach you on how to be a better you rather than this is how, this is how we want the story. It's more like, okay, Mike, I want your violence more, you know, like, dunk, punch, your, your, your punches need this way. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I like about – I don't call them agents. I call them coaches because they're, they're more they, – they give you fresh ideas rather than tell you or dictate, you know. And, and I think that allows to a, a better fight, a better creativity, and it, it, it puts more on the wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it challenges it challenges you rather than be like, Okay, here's this, this is exactly what you want, go out there and do it. Well, there's no feeling behind that. Mm-hmm. Like there's no feeling. It's empty. This is like, okay, well, this is the fight. This is okay, now let me work with you on this fight. And, and they'll talk to you and, and they'll work through it and g- give you some like creative ideas. And they're like, okay, now you go and do your thing and let's see where it comes out. And I think that's a better way of approaching wrestling is letting the creativity of – trusting the creativity of the people that you hired. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think think that helps – like, AEW does that, allowing the wrestler to be creative. I think sometimes with WWE, that takes the authenticity out of the match. Right. Sometimes you just – Trust the people you hire. You know what I mean? Like, I get that you that you have a bureaucracy and uh, in wrestling and everybody has a job to do. But at the same token, it's like the Attitude Era was cool because they allowed the wrestler to be a wrestler. They, they allowed his creativity to flow. So that's why you had so many dynamic, different personalities. Instead of the same guy, different, different. It's basically like Instead of the buying the same shirt in different colors sort of theory, <laughs> right, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, I have 75 with this guy. I'm like, okay, well, it's it's just the same shirt, different colors, rather than, okay, this dude wrestles completely differently 
he has a different mindset. His walk is different. His talk is different. You know, you, you, you allow him to be him. And I, I, I like that about MLW is allowing you to be you and allow me to be an open wrestler. But at the same token, is like, it's not part of my in-ring persona per se. Right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you up. That's what I do. That is my, that's who I am. So they allow me to be an open athlete, but at the same time still be the ass kicker that I am rather than being like, okay, well, let's put you in this pink outfit. And how about you have a crush on one of the guys? And we'll do a story where you have a crush on one of the guys. Right. Which is insulting. Uh, It is. And you know, how many times have we seen that try to be done in wrestling? Too many. Like, and and you know, it's changing. It's changing, and but it changes once again by doing things like allowing me the opportunity to be me. You know, like, but not hiding the fact that I'm gay either. Right. And people get confused sometimes. It's you know, our straight counterparts are like, "Well, what do you do that's gay?" I was like, "Well, everything. I'm gay." <laughs> I'm like everything I do is gay. I'm gay. Like, right. Well, no, you know, you know, like gay. And I was like, okay, well, I married a man. Um, <laughs> that was pretty gay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, me beating you up is also pretty gay. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not gay. And I go, well, I'm doing it, so it's gay. You guys have been told something that isn't true and that you guys want to believe the non-truth. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you the reality, and you're just telling me that it's not true, and I'm like, but I'm gay, and you're telling me that I'm wrong because it's not fitting your story or your narrative in your head because right. you were told something completely different that wasn't true. Because for so long on television you were told that gay is weak, gay is gay is the funny the sidekick, always needs to be rescued, always has, like, 19 girlfriends. Yeah, mm-hmm. is there gays like that? But all my friends are dudes. Like, I played sports my whole life. Like, you know, like, and there was tons of other gay people like me. And, and I say this to everybody. A lot of people look at that they need to represent everyone. I tell people I don't represent the whole gay community. I represent the gay people that need to see me. That's it. That's it. Nothing more. That way, there's no giant burden over me if I have to be a certain way. Because I do say our straight counterparts, but I also get backlash from the gay community as well. You know, Mm -hmm. and because, you know, everybody wants me to represent everybody. And that's impossible and unfair to ask anybody. You know, Sonny represents Everybody, Sonny needs to see, that needs to see Sonny. Effie represents everybody that needs to see Effie. You know, and, and, and as long as we treat it like that, that's how things change. Because now we're bringing in a whole new fan base to wrestling to make them feel wanted and not forgotten anymore. Imagine right. being a gay and just having to sit there. And be like, oh, cool, it's other storyline that and other wrestlers in love with another wrestler. Mm-hmm. Great. So do I get a love story? No, I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. Um, do I get a gay kid? No, I don't get a gay kid. No, I don't. Okay. 
oh, the gay character I do get, they aren't actually gay. They're just pretending to be gay. Okay, but we also have gay people on the roster and we didn't use them? Oh, oh okay, okay, cool. <laughs> it's sort right. of like the equivalency of, like, blackface almost, really. It's just like, you know. Oh, it's gay baiting. Right, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, look, I love Finn and what Finn did. Okay, but Finn's an ally. He's not gay. Right. You know, but they market him as, you know, this. And and trust me, what Finn did was very important. But they never capitalized on it. They just let it fade away. And that's my issue. It's like you can't have an LGBT storyline when you only hire one LGBT talent. Two talent. You know, it's very hard to have storylines when you're not, you, you only, there's only one of you on the roster. You know, there's a lot of talented. The, here's the thing. There is no reason Effie shouldn't be hired somewhere right now. None. Agreed. None. No reason whatsoever. None. You know, like, right. like so why? And there's so many, like, you know, AEW is making positive strides of hiring talent, diverse talent. Anthony, Sonny, Naya, like, you know, they've done a really good job. Uh, Diamante, you know, they have a a hiring LGBTQ talent. You know, MLW with me, All Japan with me, but Impact has Kira, Kira, uh, Hogan. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. What did they? Did we run out of LGBT talent to hire in that? You know, like right. there's there's plenty of talent out there that should get opportunities for jobs. Why are we? Once again, it's it, it's hard to change the game if we're stuck on the sidelines. And I know that's hard to hear, and it's going to upset a few people by by me saying that. But if you don't mention these things. You know, they get to this. Just continuously happens. It's almost like the 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 old adage of "be happy of what we gave you." Mm. And and this is not a so much about us as it is. You're alienating a mega fan base, a mega fan base, especially in a time where wrestling needs to grow. You know, you're alienating a large fan base. RuPaul's Drag Race. Seems to do really well, right? Right. Like that's that's a TV show. You don't think you can bring young gay fans to watch wrestling? They already do. So give them an opportunity to bring more people in. Think of think about this. Why was it so important for Kofi Kingston to win that belt? But why did MVP cry? Why were they crying? They weren't crying because Kofi is their bestie for life. Right. Yes, were they happy for Kofi? Of course they were. But it's what it's what it meant, what that meant. And people don't understand that frustration. It's why after Effie's show, I hugged Effie and I started crying after we did that show. Mm-hmm. It was because the show was. I, I thought the show was awesome. It was good, but it wasn't the show. It's what the show represented. And I wish more people understood our frustrations. 
because it's like you're we're, we're stuck at the door. We've made a brand for ourselves. People do know us, but yet we're still sitting on the sideline waiting for somebody to give us an opportunity. And when when Kofi won that belt, I remember I remember Big Swole and Cedric and and Shane Strickland just in tears, just just happy tears. And th- listen, we all know the magic behind wrestling, but it was the, the that it happened. Do you know what I mean? That it happened because they were crying because they never believed it was going to happen. Think about that. They've been in the business for that long, and still in the back of their head, they never believed that was going to happen. That that's the frustration we have right now as an LGBTQ community in wrestling. We we need it to happen, and we're trying to make it happen. But to 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 get in the game, we're just trying to get in the game. Let us fail on ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Let give us yeah. the opportunity. If we fail, we fail. Okay. But everybody, like it's like, don't hold us back because we were born this way. Our sexuality, whether you believe it or not, we were born this way. Right. I, I get your stupid opinions, but trust me, I tried to change. I paid for conversion therapy. I tried not to be gay. I tried everything humanly possible not to be gay. I was born this way. I, I can't fix that. I can't change that. That That is not my fault. That's not my parents' fault. That's just the way I was born. It's genetics. And I know some of people don't want to believe in science, but there's been over over history, there's been plenty, plenty of gay people throughout history, you know, Alexander right. the Great conquered world, so and he was gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the great thing about science is, believe it or not, it's still true. Yeah, exactly. It's like you you might want to believe in whatever you want to believe, but that's not going to change the fact that I'm still real. I'm still physically here. You're going on the faith of something written by many people. That's not you don't even know if it's true. That you, faith is different than actual living, breathing things. And this is what I say. The, the, the reality of it is our counterparts, it's easy to dismiss being gay because gay has always been looked at as a sexual act. They don't look at us as people. They look at us as a sexual act. So it's easy to dismiss us when you don't give – when you're thinking gay is only sex. Right, yeah. I could never have sex tomorrow and I would still be gay. <laughs> It's not going to change the fact that I'm still going to be married to a man, that I want to be with a man, you know. But to to the straight community, a lot of people see it as, example, uh, when the the Supreme Court justice she was about to be sworn in, they asked her, and she's like, I don't I don't discriminate over sexual preference. This isn't a preference, right? I'm not just like what preference is like. You know, I like strawberry jelly. <laughs> you know, that's a preference. <laughs> Not you who know. you love. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, that's the issue. They think it's something we can change. But we don't get to address these issues because we're not allowed to talk about these issues. Because anytime we talk, it hinders somewhat of our career because I might have said something that they think is going to 
not make money. Right. Well, one of my things with doing interviews is, is to be open and honest because when I wasn't open and honest, I, I almost died. So, you know, the one time in my life, you know, pretending to be somebody else and, you know, it, it almost killed me. So I like to be open and honest about everything I do. It, it, that way, you know, you see an something authentic about me. Right. And, you know, that's what I try to do in wrestling is try to be the most authentic I can and be real as I can uh, to, you know, bring you part of the, I want part of my journey, you know, to, so you can feel and see the frustrations that we were just talking about, because a lot of times is you, you don't see the, the journey. You, you just see the, the end result. But it's Correct. so much more see the journey. That you know, I I was in tears for them in in New York when they when they were when they were in tears, just in tears. And it was and it, it was great because you knew it wasn't because it was what it represented. And I'm just hoping one day that I have the opportunity to do something the same, or an Effie, or a Sunny, where you know, I want to be the first openly gay world champion. And because seeing how much that moment meant to my friends, I know how much that moment would, for, for me, seeing one of an LGBTQ member win a world title and be authentically them. Right. Think about this. Kofi Kingston's gimmick wasn't ghetto. It was, it was just him. Mm-hmm. And that's what was different about it. It wasn't like he was a gangster or any of this. Like, like you know, it, it's just like, it, it's funny. It's like how wrestling doesn't see certain these sort of things. It's like, why was, why was Black Panther such a popular movie? It was popular because it was the first time they represented somebody as a king instead of right. like, you know, like it's superpowers. It, it works the same in wrestling. We're, 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 we're a live action comic book. You know, if we wrestling's the only place where everybody is equal watching the show. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. You could be, you, you could be the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the road. You're still watching the same show. You're still sitting in the same arena. You're equal uh, at that moment. You have an 80-year-old lady sitting next to a five-year-old kid, and that 80-year-old lady is probably losing her mind. Everybody's equal at a wrestling event. and But we need the wrestlers to represent how equal everybody is in that room. For those two hours, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, or what you've done in your life. For those two and a half hours sitting in that wrestling room, we're all equal. Everybody's equal. Nobody's, nobody's better than anybody else in that room for those two and a half hours. You're all watching the show. That's what's powerful about wrestling because we're a representation of the people watching us. So that's why I'm a firm believer that characters need to represent the people watching us because it's very hard to feel equal when you're, you're sitting there and you don't see somebody like you right and our job as performers is to keep keep that 
that happiness for two and a half hours or three hours or however long the show runs. Right. That's the power of wrestling. Wrestling has the power to change things socially. It always has. It's the longest, one of the longest run TV shows, you know, and, and it, it doesn't seem like there's a weakness in the fan base. You know, there, there's multiple wrestling shows still running and, it, and, it, and it, we're during a pandemic. So fans That's are true. still watching. It's because it's their escape. But it's very, like I said, it's very hard for people to escape when they don't feel represented. And that's my biggest message to every wrestling company I talk to is, like, we need to start representing everyone, whether it's me, Effie, Jamie, you know, so many more people out there, Devon, like, the young talent coming up. Give them an opportunity. See what happens. You might be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, what's it going to hurt? The worst that's going to happen is they don't do well. And trust me, they've had a lot of other people just not do well in wrestling. Right. People flop <laughs> like, all the time. Exactly. So why not give, why not try something different? The worst that's going to happen is we fall on our face. And then guess what? You can claim you were right. 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 Or, or you look like a genius. If it's a if it's a success, so it's a win win for any company. That's like, true. And and here's the thing: you don't have to have a love story for an LGBT story, a Q storyline. <laughs> like you don't need a love story. You just need multiple <laughs> gay athletes, like queer athletes, on your show. It's very hard to have a storyline when there's only one. Right. In your opinion, how far do you do you feel like we are? from realizing the first openly gay champion uh, in professional wrestling. Do you think we're getting closer? Do you think it's something in the next year or two? Or are we still several years away, do you think? World champion or cha- like a lower-level champion? Let's go world champion, just for bigger picture. World champion, 10 years away. What we're about overall acceptance in champions? Uh, lightweight. I could see that, uh, Jake winning the lightweight belt. Or mm-hmm. I don't know what the, the, the cruiserweight belt um, right. in NXT, like smaller belts. Yeah, I I, I want to be NWA the tag champ. You know, I want that. I want those belts. Like I've always wanted those belts. Yeah. Um, I I want to be MLW's world champion. Um, but we're we're ten years away. We we still haven't got guys hired yet. <laughs> We're stopping. Right. We're not even the door yet. We're not. We're, we're we aren't allowed to even talk certain subjects. So until we can even get in the front door, it, 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 you know, uh, like that's why I say we're about ten years away from having a, a, a openly gay world champion. We're we're still we're we're still fighting to get in the game. We can make the greatest brand online without ever being on television, and still. We don't get a phone call. That that is weird, right? It's pathetic, <laughs> and it's it's because you know people. It, it's not that they're homophobic. It's I don't think they know how to do it. There's no need. They're already making money. So until they need to take the risk, they're not going to do it. Or until they get pressured, they're not going to do it. Mm. You know they don't need to. You know they're, they're making money. You know why? 
why in their heads they use the concept of why ruin something that doesn't need to be like why take a chance when you don't need to take a chance right in our head we're like but it's not a chance it's just money you're gonna make money it's this this is a we know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. but there's always that fear and there's always that concept and and like i say about homophobia homophobia isn't isn't loud and proud. People don't yell it from the top of their lungs. It's quiet. They don't tell you about it. They just do things to behind your back and or not say anything because they're afraid to get ostracized or canceled by somebody. So rather than be out loud and proud about it, you know, homophobia is way different than, you know, racism or any of that. Like it's it homophobia is like very quiet. You know, because right. now people know now people know a gay person. It, it, it's 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 so funny. It's like one of the, the things is like every, people will come up to me and straight people will be like, and they'll tell me a story about their friend coming out to them, and it will mm-hmm. always be like a similar story uh, with mine. And I think to myself, more of that needs to happen because now that person prior to that knew no gay person. So now they put a face to the cause, sort of say. And right. now they, but before, when, when nobody has anybody coming out to them or telling people they're gay or stuff, they that's where the homophobia breeds because now you go with the stereotypes and what you're told. And like, like, like I had one person like tell me once, he's like, well, I have no problem, but you know, but if a fag hits on me, and I was like. Well, first of all, you're hideous and nobody's hitting on you. Second of all, <laughs> right. like, I was like, do you understand gay men? I'm like, bro, you have no abs and no ass. Nobody's talking to you. Like, you can't get a girlfriend. You think a dude's going to hit on you? Like, <laughs> but like, but I, I, I would say that. I was like, well, first of all, second of all, you never say that again. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Then you're going to have to tell people if I beat your ass. So <laughs> either way, uh, like, but people still have that notion if, if they don't know i'm gay uh, you know the, they'll, they'll say those sort of things in front of me and I, and I was like you know because words like that might not hurt me but i've learned through my process that you know that they hurt other people and imagine being in the locker room and hearing that right. uh, imagine being a, a young closeted athlete there afraid to come out and then you hear you know Something like, well, if a fag hits on me, or or something about that's gay, bro. Because you have to remember, the first time anybody hears the word gay, it's derogatory. It's never positive. That's true. So you're so straight people are already pre preconditioned to be negative towards anything gay. And gay is taught to be weak and feminine and stuff. That somehow, like their masculinity is going to be taken away if something is perceived as gay. And I was like, bro, I'm way more masculine than you. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you're using beauty products right now. I'm like, I was <laughs> like nobody's going to take your masculinity away. Masculinity has nothing to do with your sexuality. Right. I was, I was like, not at all. I was like, there's girls that are masculine. There's girls that are feminine. There's guys that are masculine. There's guys that are feminine. I was like, it doesn't change who they are, and but for some reason, straight straight males, it's it's hard for them, especially in wrestling 
where it's a very try to this alpha dominant thing they want to have going on and it, they, they don't know how to deal with it. So the best way to deal with it is not make it exist or pretend it doesn't exist. And that's, that's the battle we're at now, the quiet homophobia stage. Whereas they're okay with it as long as we don't get too far. Mm. And, and, and but we're we, and I will say this: it is a lot different than it was three and a half years ago. Right. Three and a half years ago, I would I never believe that we, we would we would have had a uh, trans woman's champion. That's true. You know, and I would have never believed that in a million years. In a million years. I would have never believed that Sonny would have been on television. I would have never believed that I would have been on MLW or traveling to Japan. I would never believe how over Effie is. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I would never believe that three years ago. Right. But that's just showing you the fan base is changing. Absolutely. Now, now we need the business to change along with it. That's the issue. How fast is the, the business itself going to evolve? You know, hopefully time will tell. But, you know, I say 10 years, I'm hoping it's way less. But I want to be realistic instead of optimistic. Right. Optimistic me says tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but I, I would love to see it tomorrow. But sometimes you have to have a reality to it. It's like, you have to remember, we're still the first generation of LGBTQ wrestlers. There's going to be way more after us. I'm hoping what we're doing now makes it easier for everybody. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where where they don't have to go through these struggles. There there is no did I did I say something online or did I post a picture of me and my husband that 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 upset one of the wrestling companies. Right, like I turn on the fans of the bookers because of my personal life. Exactly. Whereas, you have to remember, my straight counterparts can post pictures of every girlfriend they're with or like some hot girl. But if I like a dude's picture online, it's like, oh, bro, why did you like that dude's picture? I'm like, well, half the time I don't know if it's a wrestler or a gay man. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, I usually play a game. I was like, is this a pro wrestler or a gay guy? Like, like that's basically my Instagram. And but I've had I have had people comment. They're like, "Hey, you like too many gay pictures online." People have said that to me. What? I, so I respond, "Well, you like too many straight pictures." <laughs> well, 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 right? Well, why would like? But that that's still a concept that it's okay to say something like that to me. With no thought process, that I'm why why is why does that matter? Well, who's upset about that? But those right. are things that we still go through. That that we have to be, we still have to. Is this going to affect my job somehow? And the one thing I like about MLW, they've never done that to me, and that's the reason I chose to go back there was because, you know, they've always treated me with respect. 
In fact, when I left the first time was only because I had the opportunity to go to J- Japan, and I told Court, and, I, and he was all for me learning and growing. And he said there would always be a home for me. So not a lot of people will do that, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and you know, that that is a step forward for LGBTQ community in wrestling, that people like Court exist, where – Yes, we might not be on the budget level of a juggernaut like WWE, mm-hmm. but change doesn't start at WWE. Change starts at an Impact or an MLW or your lower companies. Right, kind of from the bottom be- up. Yeah, that's where change starts. Change doesn't start overnight in WWE. WWE is Disney. They don't have to do anything they do not want to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it's wrong or right, you know, do you know what I mean? They've earned oh, yeah. that right to have that ability. They they earn that right, you know, to to do what they what they want. And and, and I don't understand why people don't see it that way. Like they, they like you're not going to force them to do anything they don't want to do. You can't say anything that's going to shake their ship at all. <laughs> They're a juggernaut. You you know what I mean? And, and like a billion dollar company they, for a reason. Yeah, and, and, and that's not a negative. They built an empire. But the empire only changes when things in the empire, the empire starts seeing other things that they want. That's how an empire grows. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't get things that isn't on their radar yet. So it's up to not only the fans, but these smaller companies to take risks. Because that's the only way that they're going to grow as companies anyway is to do things the juggernaut's not going to do. Right? Right. Like, you, you know, listen, Disney's a juggernaut for a reason. But others, other, other companies do well, like Netflix against them, because they, they take chance or HBO Max, you know what I mean? Like, they'll take right. chances on other shows that Disney passed on. But then, Disney sees it's good, and then they'll buy it. That's how WWE works. They'll like something as soon as it's it's popular. There's no there's no wrong. There's not, that's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like they're the New York Yankees. They don't need to develop talent. They'll just buy the talent. <laughs> you know. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, before we wrap this up, is there any, any kind of final message you want to pass on to your fans, supporters? Uh, first of all, thank you. You know, thank you for sticking with all the craziness that wrestling is. You know, I'm just blessed to have the opportunity after COVID to still be able to to work because there's definitely a time where I didn't know if, if wrestling was going to come back. You know, it's a it's a it's a trying time right now. Um, definitely, if you have the opportunity, wrestling only changes if you support the independents. The independents are the lifeblood, the lifeline. Of, of pro wrestling. And right now, it's struggling. It's mm-hmm. struggling to exist. And without the young, innovative talent that's out there on the independence now, it's going to affect wrestling for the next 10 to 20 years. So without your support, independence will die, and wrestling, wrestling is not going to be very good for a very long time. But with your support helping, it's just like when it's, it's a small business. You know, we're doing this on ourselves. So the more support you show the independents, the more that you 
go to an IWTV or these the streaming services to watch these events helps out all young wrestlers trying to make it in the business. And especially if you want to see wrestling change, this is how wrestling changes. Wrestling changes when you support the independent. That's where companies see the new future. So that's my main message to everybody that's listening to this is your support does matter. You buying these little events or buying a T-shirt changes everything because the more support you show them, the better wrestling is going to become. The less support, you know, wrestling is, is going to struggle for the next 10 to 20 years. So right now during this time, during the pandemic, the more support you show these small independent companies, the better wrestling is going to be in the long run. And the better, the better chance we have to change everything for the LGBTQ community in wrestling. That that's the message I would say. Plus just be you for every young fan out there. Don't let anybody's opinion ever tell you, you can't do something. Don't. It's just somebody trying to hold you back because You living a false life will always hinder you. Be you, be confident, be strong. Thank you for your time uh, allowing me to have this interview. Again, that was wrestling superstar Pero. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I know I did. Make sure you guys check him out. The man is an absolute talent. And make sure you keep looking back for our future episodes, including my next one with the legend himself, Al Snow. Again, I'm John Schertzer. This is Shooting Straight. I'll catch you guys next time.